felt like I just couldn't take life anymore. My problems had me bound. Depression weighed me down. God held me close so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy kept me right at the edge of a breakthrough but couldn't see it the devil really had me oh but Jesus came and grabbed me and he held me close so I wouldn't let go God's mercy kept me
you don't know what I'm going through here now. I feel like I want to change my sermon title. This morning, I, the church this week, this month, has been declared as a training month at Imani. Training to be witnesses how we can share the gospel with our friends, with our neighbors. But this morning, I feel like I want to preach on the power of the Holy Spirit. So, 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 so uh, uh, please be, 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 uh, be gracious to me and pray for me this morning. Be- because I want to listen to the voice of God. I think, the, I think God spoke to me first, and he's th- speaking to me right now. So, so let's, let's just do this. Let's bow our heads in prayer and seek God's blessings this morning. Father God, we are humbled because you picked us up from nowhere and brought us to somewhere and cleaned us up and handed us this marvelous, wonderful, mysterious, divine gift of your gospel. Called us your children and asked us to go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, of all peoples everywhere. Oh, beginning with ourselves, oh Father, we ask, we want to be saved. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to be equipped. We want to be edified, Lord. We want to be sent. We want to be effective. We want to be obedient to your word. Now, speak your word. And let all who hear your voice today be refreshed by it. Touch my Humble lips and tongue. Sanctify them and speak to your children. Let my brothers and sisters and myself be taught, be filled with your spirit so we can be what you want us to be today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wasn't it great last week? Pastor Drummond and Pastor Brian started the message, we are witnesses, number one. Today, we are witnesses, number two. Witnesses of the, of the wonderful things Jesus has done. Witnesses to the power and beauty and magnificence of God. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to be witnesses. We, we are as people who have tested, who have felt, who have experienced Jesus and his love. We ought to testify. It, it is not optional. It is what we are, witnesses, those who are able to stand and say, yes, I saw, yes, I felt, yes, it happened. That is what we as believers, we as professors, we as branches of divine Jesus Christ. We cannot testify 
unless we have experienced it. We cannot testify unless we have seen it. You see, a witness is someone who appears and says what happened. Doesn't have any signs to take. He just says what happened. What he felt. What I saw. What somehow affected me and how I felt, I felt about something. You see, no one can testify for you. About you. Or about what happened to you. About what you feel. It is in the heart. That's why morality cannot be legislated beyond what God has called us, his people, to do. You see, you cannot testify unless you experience it. You cannot be witness unless you have seen it. Hearing and reading alone are not enough. Talking and and. Uh, uh, thinking may not be uh, not enough. Dreaming or meditating will not be enough. It is like pudding, you know. It, the, 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 the taste of it is in the eating. Isn't it true? Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. No wonder why the psalmist says, Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come, taste and see that my God is good. You may read it. You may dream it, you may talk, but nothing and absolutely nothing can compare with seeing and experiencing the mercies and the love and the beauty and the forgiveness and the joy and happiness of God. You see, when you taste the goodness and the salvation of God, you tend to appreciate where you came from and where you are now. Because when you have tested salvation of God, when you have tested the forgiveness of God, when you have tested, church, the mercy of God, you will learn to be merciful. When you have tested the forgiveness of God, you will learn to forgive one another. When you have tested salvation, you can't afford to let someone else die in fires of hell. Time, 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 time. Please turn with me to Romans chapter 1 verse 8. I'll try to do it as fast as I can. One, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 8 says Jesus was telling his disciples, listen guys, I have called you to be my disciples, but you are now witnesses. That's what you've become. But now listen, verse, verse 8 says, I said, uh, I meant to say Acts, the book Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, I say Romans. Well, we come to Romans. As 1, verse 8, Jesus talking to his disciples who had now become witnesses, he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be who? My witnesses. Somebody say, witnesses. I am a witness. Jesus has called us to be witnesses, and he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And listen to this now. 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon the witness, something miraculous happens. He becomes a witness that testifies to what has happened to him. He becomes a witness, Jesus says, one around him, around Jerusalem, those around the witness, the disciples, then he grows from the locality, from Moreno Valley, it goes into the Riverside County, right? Judea, and then from there it goes down to all over Samaria, and then to the ends of the, of the world. Witnessing begins with my family. Hmm? It is my family, my extended family, my neighbors. You see how the circle begins to widen. My community that truly sees what has taken place within me. And when the Holy Spirit comes, John chapter 14. Oh, let's turn with that. John chapter 14. John 14. Quickly, let me just uh, settle down a little bit on that chapter. John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And, and, and listen, read with me. What does he say in verse 15, verse 16? He says, and I will what? I will pray the Father, and he shall give you someone else who comforts you like I do, another comforter, another comforter, Holy Spirit, the one who is in Greek, they call it parakletos, one who stands alongside to walk with, to be with, to encourage, to support, to protect, to walk with, to give you suggestions, to guide you, to dictate for you, to, to encourage you, to support you, to edify you. That is what the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, does for each one who accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. When we become witnesses, we have the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We cannot be witnesses unless we have the Holy Spirit who himself motivates us to do the work. Yes, now you yes. didn't hear what I said. Yes. I simply said question. Can I be a Christian? Can I be a witness if I don't have the Holy Spirit? Okay. Can I have the Holy Spirit and not be a witness? Come on, come on now. It's a tricky question, but it's simple. Can I be a witness without having the Holy Spirit? It's easy to say, yes, you can. But can you be, can you be a Christian, can you have the Holy Spirit without being a witness? How many of us are witnesses? I want my two hands and my two legs up if I can pull them up. You see, we cannot be, we cannot say we have the Holy Spirit without being witnesses. It's not, it's, it's, it's like saying I have life in me and, and I'm dead at the same time. God has given us the Holy Spirit for a purpose so we can be witnesses. So we cannot truly 
have the, wit the, the Holy Spirit without being witnesses for Jesus. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So if we are Christians, then, and we have the Holy Spirit, then automatically we are witnesses and we need to do the work of a witness. Let me share with you this morning that there are so many things that prevent us from being effective witnesses. I don't want to go down the list because you know what they are. You live with them. You experience them every day. You are, we are a part of it. Some are self-made. Others are others-made. Some others are environmental-made. Some are family-made. <laughs> Some are whatever. But I want to encourage you this morning. Look at verse 23. John chapter 14, verse seven, verse 23. But before you go to verse 23, look at, look at, look at this. Let me, let me just um, ask you to um, read uh, verse 17 with me. Even the spirit of truth, when, he, when, the world, when the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he what? Dwelleth in you and, sh and shall be in you. Jesus promises in verse 18 says, I will not leave you what? Comfortless. I will comfort you. Listen, when Jesus promises comfort, it presupposes that there are situations in your life that create discomfort. It's assumed. And that is the purpose of the Holy Spirit to encourage to support, to strengthen, to, to, to make us effective. What I'm saying is that there is power of God within us that is able to help us overcome whatever it is that is mitigating against us or fighting us. The Bible says we are not fighting a battle of flesh and blood, but we are fighting principalities. We do not fight against each other, but the devil is fighting us because we represent Jesus Christ. So whenever difficulties come, whenever issues come, let us not think that we are each other's enemies. Whether it be in the church or in our families, situations come up, disagreements come up, issues come up. But let us always remember that where there is a good thing happening, where there is a good thing about to happen, where God has called his children together, when there are souls to be won, the devil's aim is to scatter and destroy and make and cause just confusion everywhere. Read verse 23 with me. That is my promise. That's my hope. That's my assurance. That is my encouragement. What does verse 23 say? Verse 23 says that Jesus answered and said to me, If a man or a woman love me, and what? And my father will love him. And look, this is the later part of that verse is what I appreciate so much. I, love, I know Jesus loves me. That, that is okay. But he says, 
we will come and make our home with you. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come down from heaven and make their home in me, in you. That is the promise. What do I have but God? Tell me, who do I have? Am I able to fight the enemy by myself? No. Can I do it? No. God within me, we sang this song this morning, Jesus in you, Jesus in me. But it's not just Jesus. It is the Father, it's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity power. The same power that caused the earth to blossom with flowers and mountains and all kinds of trees and animals and brought Adam and Eve into existence and breathed life in them. That is the same power that exists in me. That's the same power that exists in you. Child of God, stand up! Yeah. Testify! Testify to the strength of God. Testify to the beauty of the Lord. Testify to the miracle that God is working in you because in you and with you, you can do nothing. But with God in you, you are able, you are able, you are able to stand. Share, don't turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 8. 8, 8, verse 25, 8, uh, Romans chapter 8. Beginning with verse 26, likewise, the Spirit that lives in me, the spirit that lives in you also helps us what? In our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit that lives in me and lives in you itself make it what? Intercession. What does intercession mean? He goes between God the Father and myself and he goes between God the Father and myself and he takes and he talks and he brings back and he, so we got to keep connected. So the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Come on parents, parents you know, oh Lord have mercy. I don't sleep well until my kids come home. And it gets more dangerous as they, as they grow older. As they come by, I will just wake up, be it uh, whatever time they come, I want to go. I want to wait and see, uh, see their bed and they are there. Sometimes I want to make sure that they are really there and they are breathing. I don't know you mothers who have ladies, uh, who have girls, I don't know how you're able to do it, but... I love my children and I cannot even imagine them anything. I just don't want to lose any one of them. I, I, I don't want to hear any bad news about any one of them. If, 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 my, if my child cries and says, I want this, even in my little poverty, yes, yes I'm blessed. I'm reaching the Lord. But, but, but I'm saying that even in my wantingness and in my pastoral things, you know, we can provide everything they ask for, but when they groan, when they need something, they know yeah, you have to deny yourself something and get it done for them. Now, and the Holy Spirit is saying that, the, God is telling us that sometimes our needs might be so, so heavy. 
But even the Holy Spirit does not know how to order them. He just groans. He just groans. And those groaning come because you are in touch with them. Because we pray. Because we are in touch with the Holy Spirit. How many times, how long, how often do you pray? And how long do you groan with the Holy Spirit? Do you, do you wrestle with him and say, God, I got to have that. Or not even I have. I got to be that. I'm going to want that. Something character change. I'm going to quit that. So bad that you just. So that when the Holy Spirit goes to the Lord, to the Father. He says, <laughs> Whatever it is, I cannot speak it. But it is beyond words. The Holy Spirit speaks on my behalf. Intercedes. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Holy Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Oh, sometime I want to talk about the will of God, but verse 28 says, And we know that all things do what? Work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to, the, according to his purpose. Let me say this. Back up to that will of God. When I want my will this way. And God's will is this way. Guess what the Holy Spirit does? That's a conflict. Hmm? That's a conflict. God wants. So when the Holy Spirit prays to the Father. And groans according to the will of the Father. And uh, my will is this way. Guess what happens? There's going to be trouble because there are some. Now, if I'm headed this way, I may need to be turned around, right? Sometimes God allows certain situations, uncomfortable situations, to turn us around according to the will of God. Because the Holy Spirit that we have accepted kind of talks to the Father and says, my, my boy is headed the wrong way. He's, he has to turn around. Or maybe he just place a little something on his way or something. I don't know how it happens. Or maybe even the devil doesn't like you that you are talking to the father. He brings something in, right? And when he brings something in, God uses that thing to turn you around. And oh, Lord, have mercy. All things work together for good. Oh, my. Verse 28, verse 28, verse 29 says, For whom he did, for, listen now, for whom he did for no, he also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Some people have, have interpreted this to mean that God decided that those who will be saved and those who will be lost. But if you read this well, <laughs> just simply say that God wants, God predestinated, that God predestined that everyone who accepts be saved then it's your choice. So it is, that's the biblical predestination. God does not determine what you will decide or what you will choose. God has willed that you be saved. It is for me to accept. That willing that we are all saved, that we will be saved, is predestination. God does not choose it for you or choose it for me, but as witnesses, we ought to be faithful. 
However, verse, um, uh, let me just get on to verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God, if God, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how then shall he, what? How then shall he not with him also free us all? I'll give, freely give us all things. It goes to my uh, verse, uh, to um, stepping down to verse 20, uh, 35. Who, who shall separate you? What shall separate you? Who shall separate me? What shall separate me from the love of Christ Jesus? What is it? Is it, is, is he that is, will tribulation, will persecution, will distress, will, will, will famine, will nakedness, is it peril or sword? What is it that will separate us from the love of Christ? Is it church work? Because sometimes if you're not careful, church work can separate you from the love of Christ. Have goodness. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed and mutilated all day long and counted as sheep for their slaughter. And Apostle Paul says, you know what? I am determined. I am determined because I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of Jesus Christ unto salvation, the power of God unto salvation to him that believeth, to the Jews first, and then to us who live around here. But he says, nothing, absolutely nothing, shall separate us from the love of Christ. Because in all these things. We are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. I am persuaded that neither death. Neither life. Neither angels. Not principalities. Not any powers. Not anything present. That is past. Or that is coming. Not anything that I eat. Not anything that I enjoy, not anything that I see, not anything that I feel shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. So question I ask you witnesses, what is it that will cause you not to be a true witness? What is it? What is Jobs. I just want to get along. I want to respect their views. It's against the law. I, I'm not sure what it is that will separate us from the love of Christ, but I want to ask you this morning. As witnesses, as those who are called to testify, to testify and share with others 
the wonderful blessings and renewal and relationship we have with Jesus Christ. What shall separate us from that responsibility? What shall stop us? This year, we called some of you the church appointed some of you to be leaders in the church. You accepted. It's a humbling thing to accept leadership in the church of God, in the family of God. It's also an honorable thing to accept the responsibility to lead in whatever areas we have been assigned. Certainly it's not because of our intelligence. Certainly because it's not because of our righteousness or that we're better than the other person. Some of us may have been changed from last year and replaced. It does not mean that you didn't do a good job. Some of us have been asked to do something that we're not sure we even know how to do it. Some of us are even wondering, what shall I do? Wh where can I have time to do this? But my assurance to you, child of God, is this. That he who has called you will equip you. He who has called you will provide for you. He knows what you need. He knows what you lack. He knows where you get your money. He knows where you live. He knows your address. He knows where you go. And he knows when you come back. He has got your back. So if you give him time, he will pay you back. And when God pays you back, he, I mean, you will not regret it because it's going to be full. So, so, so don't think you're doing somebody else a favor by accepting to serve God. But you are serving God because you love him, because you want to serve him within the context. You want to expand his kingdom. There are some here who will not be encouraged or who will not grow in their spiritual relationship with Christ if certain services were not provided here in the church. Somebody just coming in early to unlock the doors may not be aware there is someone who has struggled all night long and just was willing to, wanting to come into the church and just pray. So if the Lord has called you to come and just open the, sh the church doors, Oh, please do that with happiness and with joy. Because there is blessing in it. Certainly and absolutely, you're not doing it for the pastor. You're not doing it for your departmental head. You're not doing it for anybody. For crying out loud. So, I'd like to invite the church officers for this year to stand wherever you are. Because you have 
accepted to serve this church, this body of Christ. Because the Lord has chosen you. We will recognize that service, that decision this morning. And I would like for you to, there is an in, uh, a, a bulletin that you have that has been given to you. If you can pick one up, and I'd like for the rest of you, if you have one, pick it up as well, while the officers, police, if you will come forward to the front. Please come forward, the officers. I'd like to read, and you read after me, uh, the officer's part. To the worship of God and the work of the church, to the fulfilling of our assigned duties under the guidance of God and for the edification and leadership of young and old in our church, to the setting of a right example of Christian living in our homes, at our work, and before all with whom we come in contact. You have heard your leaders promise today, church, that they will fulfill faithfully the duties of the officers to which you have elected them. Church, I'm asking you now, will you pledge to your officers standing before you your support, your assistance and prayers as they work with you in doing God's work in this church, congregation. And I would like for all to read together this short prayer. Heavenly Father, given our pledge before our friends and deep to do our work as leaders and followers. Grant, O oh God, that we say with our lips we may live in our hearts and practice in our lives. Give us wisdom to lead this church. Give us your grace to live and be the kind of people you want us to be. And may we so love and serve our Savior together here that we may soon live together in the hereafter. Amen. We have an elder who has not been ordained. I would like to invite her to the pulpit. We have a deacon that has not been ordained. Elder Zimmerman, could you bring the word, please? And I would like to invite um, all the elders, um, please, if you've been ordained, if you're an ordained elder, um, I would like to invite you to the platform at this moment. Including any ordained elder in the, plat on the, um, in the congregation. <coughs> 
and I'm looking to one of them. Ada Francis, Sister Vidal, um, I would like for us to bow our heads and um, while the rest of us on the platform will kneel. we do this I, I would I would just could you just all of you standing would you hold your hands together somehow just hold your hands together in symbol of unity would the church please bow your heads if you prefer to kneel you're welcome to kneel please could you take your hand and go in office and somebody just so we can Oh, dear Heavenly Father, who has called us to this service, we humble ourselves this moment. We want to thank you for a gracious opportunity to, to serve you. It's a solemn, humbling call that we as earthen vessels, uh, as, as human beings immersed in sin and redeemed and cleansed with the blood of Jesus are able to partnership with you in the salvation of humanity. Father, we thank you for this humbling call. Today, one of yours is being set apart for ministry. Ministry in this church. Father, I pray that you may set her apart. Visit her in her mind. Visit her in her home. Visit her in her workplace. Father, surround her, O oh Lord, and build a hedge of protection around about her and her family. Keep her mind focused upon you, O Lord. Set it apart for your work. May she think you. May she do you. May she feel you. May she be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. May all that she does all the days of her life be to please you and only you alone. So, Lord, I pray this moment, as she serves in this church, that her work may be productive, that her work may be one that will unite your people and, and encourage them heavenward. May she prepare your people for salvation. May she teach good and acceptable doctrine that is pleasing to you. May she share with others the wonderful joy and the mysteries of your gospel as you have revealed it through the scriptures. May she be faithful to you. May she be faithful to the scriptures. May she be faithful in her life, O oh Lord. So now, Lord, I pray. 
that as we stretch out our hands in support of her, that you may help us all to support her, to encourage her, to lift her up, to protect her, and not to hurt her, and not to destroy her, and not to do things that will damage her ministry. Help us to help build her up. As she has to build us up, O oh Lord, I pray that you may bless her. Father, this, this day I pray for the officers, everyone who is standing, those who were not able to make it today for some reason, Father, I pray for the same blessings. As they serve you in their various departments, Lord, I pray that you may guide them, that you may edify them, that you may fill them with your power, with your spirit, so that all that they will do will be blessed. So that people will be won for you. Lord, I pray, Lord, shield them from all evil. Shield them from all hardships and from all pains and things that will distract or detract them. Lord, I pray today, and I claim today with them that you are able, you are willing to do for them a lot more than they think or ask. That you are able to fill them with your spirit and guide them with your spirit. And edify them and uh, encourage them and grant them the desires of their hearts that are pleasing and uh, according to your plan for them and their lives. Be with their families and protect them. This and other mercies and blessings we ask you today. Knowing that you who have called us. You are faithful to complete it because you have started this good work. Now unto him who is able to keep us all from falling and to present us faultless without blemishes before his father's throne. Our only wise God to him be honor, to him be glory, dominion and power throughout all ages. Let all God's children say amen and amen.